0: But we're going to get started here, and my uh, friend this morning, Kyle Thompson, is going to speak with us about this. And he's about as equipped as anybody I know to walk us through what the husband's responsibility is, or the man's responsibility is, in valuing and being tender towards uh, the one that he's shepherding. Just to kind of get us started, some of you guys might have seen this before, but uh, there's some different courses that are out there to help us uh, understand how to get along. Kyle's going to give you the real information today, but this is something that somebody put down at one point, uh, continuing education courses for men and continuing education courses for women. I'll share a few of these for you in case the Real Men's Club doesn't cover it for you. You might want to sign up uh, for this, all right? One of the first class for men is called Meaningful Communication, Where No Man Has Gone Before. Women would like you to be at that. Uh, there's one for women offered called uh, Silence, The Final Frontier, Where No Woman Has Gone Before. For the men, there's a class called the, under, uh, the underdiscovered side of baking. You do it. For women, the underdiscovered side of banking, making deposits. For men, combating the couch potato syndrome. Surprise, the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball do not require your nightly presence to remain on the air. For women, combating the Ameldus Marcus syndrome. You don't need new shoes every day. And it goes down. There's some pretty funny ones in here. Um, I like this one. Uh, see, telephone skills, how to use one and not two weeks after you first received her phone number. 14, telephone skills for women, how to hang up. For women, introduction to parking. Uh, for women, advanced parking, reversing into a space. Uh, for women, overcoming anal retentive behavior, learning to leave the towels on the floor without freaking out. All right. For men, overcoming stupid behavior, don't treat her different when your friends are around. I like this one right here. Uh, for men, continuing, edu- continuing education course called Liquid Grain Storage. On your stomach, men, it's fat. For women, uh, water retention. Fact or fat is what that one's called. So, to be careful, some of these. Uh, here's one for women Do these genes make my butt look big? Why men lie. For men. Was I any good? Why women lie? (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Pretty funny stuff in here. Um, Here's this last one. We'll give you two more. Number one, for guys, sex. How to slow down. For women, sex. It's for married couples, too. And isn't that amazing? That that's become a joke in our society, that everybody thinks that premarital sex is the best kind of sex. One of the reasons that people think that is because we don't know what it means to develop an authentic, intimate relationship with the opposite sex. Where there's real trust, where there's real love, where there's real intimacy, and you don't need this titillation, degrading, I'm going to use you for my own pleasure kind of relationship that leaves scars. But there can be sex in the context of a relationship where there's no guilt, there's no pain, there's no regrets, and it deepens in the way that you love and serve each other. But you can't have that kind of sex without having a certain kind of relationship. And you're going to have a real opportunity this morning to hear Kyle just talk a little bit about that and share with us how we as men, real men, treat women. So let's bring Kyle on up here. Come on, buddy. It's a great reminder of
1: why it's so tough for us just listening to some of those. Uh, Let me pray for us real quick. Father, I thank you uh, just that, uh, uh, that you do have provision for us to be equipped and uh, just that we can laugh and enjoy at the ways that we are incompetent, uh, but we can excel still more in the ways that uh, you've designed for us to just love and lead our wives and just the role that you have, the, uh, just the joy and fulfillment that you have in marriage. And uh, just pray that our time this morning would uh, spur us on. Uh, just to take new ground in that area. We thank you, and thank you for your son. Amen. Uh, I grew up in uh, in West Texas and the Panhandle, and my dad uh, was a young petroleum engineer and had their first child when he was 18 years old. And so my dad pretty much did what he felt like he had to do to support his family. And that involved us moving every couple of years And my dad spent most of his time out on drilling locations, so I didn't see him a whole lot. And my mom, uh, she also worked, but she ran the household. She was in charge of everything else other than working. And when Lucina and I got married, uh, I had learned a little bit about just God's design for marriage and what my role as a husband was supposed to look like. But I had uh, 20-plus years of watching my mom and dad. And I figured out real quick that Lucina did not sign on to be my mom and to serve all of my needs and bring me the paper when I was watching the game on Monday night. And uh, it just developed and evolved into a lot of conflict. And I became more and more passive just as the conflict escalated and ended up pouring a lot of my passion and energy into my business. There's a, uh, there's a story about uh, a couple, a man that uh, just had a real severe illness, extremely sick, and he wanted to go into the doctor just to find out what in the world was going on with him, and he and his wife went, and he went in, and after the full examination, the doctor sent the, uh, the husband into the waiting room and called the wife in. And he said, look, your husband is extremely ill. He has a very serious disease. And in addition, he's dealing with tremendous stress. And if if you don't do the following, uh, I don't think he's going to make it. I think he's going to die. And the wife said, wow, you know, what do I need to do? And he said, well, every morning uh, when you get your husband up, you need to be very pleasant. Just do everything you can to make sure that he's in a good mood. And fix him a nice, healthy breakfast before you send him off to work. And in in the evening when he gets home, you know, have a real healthy dinner ready for him. You know, low carb, low calorie. And don't share any of your... Problems with him that you've had during the day and and don't ask him to do any chores because that's only going to escalate his stress. And one thing that I I want you to do just to help him relax in the evening is, uh, if you would, just walk around in skimpy lingerie during the evening and uh, give him a lot of back rubs and maybe have him sit in his favorite chair and uh, watch a sporting event on television And he said, the most important thing that I want you to do is make sure that you make love to your husband just as often as he wants. And you need to satisfy his every desire and whim. And if you do this for the next ten months, then I I think your husband's health is going to be fully restored. The wife looked at him and said, "Mm, okay. So she walks out, out of the doctor's office into the waiting room and the husband's standing there and he said, well, what would the doctor say? And she looks at him and she says, I think you're going to die. <laughs> and, you know, that's pretty much where my wife, Lucina, was uh, after five years of marriage. I think Lucina, uh, and she would tell you today that she was pretty much praying that, uh, that I would die and that she would get a do-over. Uh, she had come in, come in to me one uh, Sunday afternoon and just said, look, I need to talk to you. And she sat me down. She said, look, I don't love you. I don't like you. The thought of being married to you is just repulsive to me. But I'm going to stay married with you because I made a commitment to do that. But you need to understand this this physical thing, that's not part of our deal. Uh, But we'll continue to live in the same house. So we we effectively were just living together undivorced. And I had done such a poor job of fulfilling my role as a husband uh, and loving her that her heart had pretty much died. And and I think for many of us, you know, as as husbands, when it comes to fulfilling our role, you know, we're ill-equipped. Uh, We're we're not trained. We're not naturally wired, like Todd talked about uh, in those examples, to to play our role. For for many of us, it's not modeled, and we don't see those roles really played in our culture. And as a result, we drive our passion and energy somewhere else. I know for a lot of us, you know, we uh, strive for excellence In our businesses, but when we come home and dealing with our wives, it's just real easy to put it on autopilot. And so what I want to do on your sheet is just give you some real practical tools. We'll go through the design of the roles, but I want to give you just some real practical things that you can use. All right, number one, love like Christ. How did Christ love? He cherished, he nourished, he sacrificed, and he honored Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know, normally when I use the term love, uh, I'm talking about something that I love to do because it brings me pleasure. Uh, I I love watching college football. I I would have loved to have watched that LSU-Tennessee game last night, but I had something else going on. But again, the the, the word love here is not that type of love. It's an action word. Uh, It's love that initiates and takes action. Uh, Love is seeking God's best for our spouse. Okay, love is based on an act of the will, okay, an act of the will, not passing feelings. You know, we don't always love because it feels right. You know, Lucina is not always lovable. Uh, but we love because it is right. It's taking action. Love is sacrificial action, not good intentions. When uh, when Lucina told me that five years into our marriage, I was stunned because I, I felt like you know I, I'm a great husband. I mean I, I had a great job. I was in good shape. Uh, we went to church. On Sundays, and and I just couldn't believe that she was dissatisfied with a husband that I was. And that really started me out on this journey of of trying to dig deeper and understand what is God's design? What is the role that He has for me to play? And uh, one of the things that, uh, as I began to understand that, that I began to do to try to soften and, and open her heart back up, is I began just to write notes. And just communicate to her just the ways that, uh, that I was attracted to her. Just let her know just the things that, that I cherished, uh, the ways that she was gifted. Uh, and I would just write little notes and I'd put them in her sink or put them on her car uh, before she left for work. And just communicate and take action, communicate love. Uh, I was in here uh, in this room Two weeks ago, my wife teaches a Wednesday morning women's study, and I I sat in the back, and I listened for maybe seven minutes, and and she saw me, and I left, and I I wrote her a little note and put it on her car. And that afternoon, she called me at my office, and you would have thought I just told her that I was taking her away two weeks to a deserted island. I mean, it, it was just incredible the way that she felt loved by just the little action that I took. Uh, one of the things uh, that I've realized for myself, and I think it's true for a lot of men, we like to know where we stand. You know, I want to know a scorecard uh, so I can keep track of, of of where I stand with loving her with actions. And so I came across this uh, loving action point system that I think will help you guys. Uh, and the, And the way this point system works is if you do something that, causes your wife to feel love uh, then you get points if you do something that your wife expects then there's no points and if you do something that uh, that discourages her then points are subtracted so let me walk through this and you guys may want to take notes it's not in your handout just so you can use it first of all simple duties okay you make the bed plus one Okay, you make the bed but forget to add the decorative pillows, zero. You leave the toilet seat up, minus five. You replace the toilet paper roll when it's empty, zero. When the toilet paper roll is empty, you resort to Kleenex, minus one. You go to the grocery store to buy her tampons, plus 15, okay? But return with beer, minus five. (laughs) Okay, your physique. You develop a noticeable pot belly, minus 15. You develop a pot belly and exercise to get rid of it, plus 10. Okay, you develop a pot belly and resort to loose jeans and baggy Tommy Bahama shirts, minus 30. (laughs) You say it doesn't matter, you have one too. Minus 100. Okay, and then the big question. Okay, she asks, Does this dress make me look fat? You hesitate. Minus 10. You reply, Where? Minus 35. You reply, No, I think it's your butt. Minus 100. Okay. So that might help you a little bit. All right. Love is given in obedience to Christ, not in response to our spouse's performance. I know for me, some of the things I heard before we were married is this this 50-50 partnership. And I learned real quick, this is not a partnership. It's not a 50-50 deal. It's 100 percent. Okay, it's not conditioned on our wife's performance. Uh, During our dark years, I I call them our dark years of marriage, the the five to 12 years, uh, years from five to 12. There were some a a lot of awful things that happened uh, just between me and Lucina and just the ways that that we engaged in acts of disobedience. And even now, you know, some things will happen just ways that she irritates me. uh, And I will want to withdraw love just to teach her a lesson, you know, just to try to help her. And it's not about withdrawing love. It's not about their performance. And one of the things that really helped me uh, in this realization was when I uh, reflected that on the fact that when I get to heaven, God's going to ask me, Kyle, you know, how did you love Lucina? And I'm going to want to say, well, God, you know that she is very headstrong. You know she's very opinionated and uh, so she can be overbearing. And God's going to say, man, don't tell me about her strengths. I created her. How did you love your wife? And I'm going to say, well, God, you know, just again, the things that happened during that seven year period. And just the, the ways that, uh, that we both left our first love and just some of the awful things that happened. And God's going to say, hey, don't tell me about her sin I sent my son to die for her sin. I'm asking you, how did you love your wife? And that's the questions, guys, that we're going to have to answer and speak to. Uh, Love is expressed verbally and in actions. You know, I think of it as the two A's, uh, appreciation and affirmation. You know, Lucina does stuff all day uh, that give me an opportunity just to express appreciation. You know, the ways that... uh, That she cooks dinner. That I come home and there's clothes that are folded in my drawer. Uh, And just taking the time just to let her know that I appreciate that. Uh, Affirming her. Again, affirming the ways that God's gifted her. Affirming her just in in her role as a a mom when our kids were young. You know, you come home and guys, she is wiped out. And just affirm the ways that she spent her day unselfishly loving our kids. Um, The other is just... uh, uh, again, letting them know verbally uh, that you love them and communicating that not just with, honey, I love you. You know, love, I love you to them, again, is, is spoken differently. Uh, one of the things when, uh, when our kids were young, uh, one evening when Lucina looked at me, she said, look, you know, you never call me during the day. And I looked at her and I said, well, honey, you know that I would call you if there was something I needed. And uh, that didn't fly well. Uh, but it was her way of communicating, you know, I, I just don't feel love. You don't even think about me during the day. And so what I started to do is uh, I would intentionally call her a couple of times a week just during the day. Again, not with an agenda, but just say, honey, how's your day? You know, what's going on? Just thinking about you. And, and I found as I started to do that. Then I started to have a desire to do that, and just naturally would call her. And it is now not uncommon for uh, for Lucina and I to talk, you know, two or three times a day, just calling, knowing what she's got going on during the day, and just just checking on how things are going. She had a doctor's appointment yesterday morning at 8:15, so it was an opportunity for me at 9:30 just to call and say, Hey, what'd you find out? But again, it's love is expressed verbally, love. Involves self-denial. You know, one of the big issues for us uh, in the evenings after dinner is that was my time uh, to power down. You know, I'd, I'd help with the kids, get them bathed, we'd get them in bed and, uh, and I want to go you know, I want to look at the paper. Uh, I want to watch the game. And uh, that greatly discouraged her. And I started to see where just hanging out with her after we did that uh, I would just do whatever she did if she was washing baby bottles then I'd go in there and dry them if she was in the laundry room folding clothes then I'd go in there and help her fold clothes and this was probably and, and Lucina would tell you this is probably the biggest thing that rekindled our physical intimacy Uh, gave her a desire again to even go there. Just the fact that I was communicating love to her by denying what I wanted to do and just doing whatever she was doing and helping her. Love's goal is a building up and enrichment of a wife. Ephesians 5, 28 through 30 says, So husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. So no one ever ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. A husband's love should nourish his wife by encouraging and enabling her to grow and develop her gifts and abilities. Again, guys, know your wife's gifts and encourage those. Uh, During the week when Lucina is trying to prepare for her Wednesday morning study, it's a great opportunity for me just to try and and make sure that she's got time to be able to do that. And if she asks me to help her look stuff up or illustrations, it's it's a way for me to encourage her in her giftedness. Uh, Lucina is also very uh, service-hospitality oriented. That's one of her gifts. And uh, over Labor Day, we were up in Oklahoma with her family and um, my brother-in-law has a big old banding saw. And she had that banding saw out and had gone and picked up a bunch of sticks and was cutting little wood chunks with that banding saw. And I went in there, and uh, and I immediately knew what she was doing. She was making picture frames uh, with those pieces of wood. And I, I looked at her, and I thought, what in the world are you doing? I mean, we're here to relax You know, it's Labor Day, and she's got sawdust all over the place, and you could buy those picture frames for $5 at Michael's. And uh, I caught myself, but she saw my face uh, and just realized, you know, she is serving and loving the women that she serves with, and she's making picture frames for them. So it was an opportunity for me to come back and just own the ways that I discouraged instead of encouraged her giftedness with what she was doing. A husband's love should cherish his wife by responding to her needs as a valued gift from God. You guys with small kids, uh, your wife, as you know, needs adult interaction. And so just making provision for her to have that, uh, you know, taking the kids, letting her go out and have iced tea and La Madeline with the gals or taking the initiative and lining up a babysitter and having you guys go out with a couple. But again, she feels cherished by responding to her needs. A wife feels cherished when her husband communicates with her. And when I say communicate, I'm not talking about uh, the weather. Okay, I'm talking about communicate with her by just sharing what's on your heart, what's going on. In your world, if your wife is home with the kid's man, she wants to know what's going on at your work. And just sharing just the things and the struggles uh, that are going on with you. Uh, we had a situation this last week where I had some conflict uh, that I had to work through on Sunday. And, you know, Saturday night it was a great opportunity just for me to talk through that with Lucina. And role play a little bit and help her have her help me see just the ways that I needed to ask forgiveness and own my part of the conflict. And, you know, she just felt extremely cherished just from the time that we had working through that. A wife feels cherished when there is romance in the relationship. Okay, guys, I didn't say when there is sex in the relationship. I said romance. You know, your wife, she wants to be pursued. Uh, twelve years ago we uh one of the things that we did was started a date night uh, again, just trying to be intentional about putting the romance back in our relationship and uh, we lined up to have a babysitter every uh, every Thursday night and so Thursday night was our night to go out and just do whatever and again, that was a time where we started to just have fun together right now, a lot of times we'll go out play tennis with friends and go to dinner, and, and just get to interact. It's just romantic for her. Uh, one, of the, one of the most romantic things for Lucina is when I ask her to go to lunch. And this is not calling her at 5 till 12 when I don't have anything else to do and say, hey, honey, you want to grab a bite? Uh, but, but it's being intentional and, and maybe saying something a day in advance, you know, that, man, I'd love to take you to lunch tomorrow, and picking a place. Uh, not saying, well, where do you want to go? I'll meet you. But picking a place and just thinking through that, uh, you know, was uh, a, a wife wants to feel like we're pursuing them. A wife feels cherished when her husband is trustworthy. Okay, we uh, we just had a great Sunday on porn, uh, and so you guys we were all reminded just of the ways that we are distracted. There's tremendous number of distractions out there. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 5 just talks about taking every thought captive and just the ways that uh, it's so easy for us to get distracted and head down a path. Um, 1 Peter 5 talks about be of sober spirit and be on the alert for your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And, And guys, we are just fodder to be devoured if we don't have boundaries and if we're not alert just in the ways that we protect what we see and what we do and just putting boundaries. Uh, I've got a number of boundaries uh, over the years that I've developed just for myself. I you know, I don't allow a woman in my office uh, with a door closed. Uh, I don't have a woman in our house uh, when Lucina's not there. And you know, sometimes uh, folks will say, man, isn't that, a, isn't that a little over the top? I mean, come on, a, you know, a 60-year-old woman comes by to drop something, you don't let her in your house? And I say, no, you know, it's just, again, just keeping that protection. Um, we had a dialogue the other day, a, a friend, of, I was with one of the guys that I'm in community with, and a friend of ours mentioned, hey, there's a, a gal that would like to work for you and be your secretary. And his first response was, is she good-looking? And then he followed that with, because if she is, don't have her apply, Because I don't need a good-looking secretary. Uh, again, just boundaries that we have. Uh, one, one image that I keep in my mind that some of you have heard before is just from the movie The Matrix. And when Neo is in the middle of the city. They're running that simulation program, and he's walking down the big city, and the enemy is out there to seek and destroy him. And he's very alert, and a woman in a red dress, a blonde, extremely attractive, uh, catches his eye, and he just locks on to her. And as she walks towards him, he just follows and lets his guard down. And she gets right next to him, and then pulls out the weapon, and bang. You know, it turns out she is the enemy. And again, it's just, that is a, a, an image that's helpful for me. We have uh, the guys that I'm in biblical community with. We are diligent just to help each other, asking questions. You know, when is the last time you looked at a woman inappropriately? And, and guys, that happens. I mean, we do that. And just be able to expose it and talk through that. We'll, from time to time, ask each other, you know, when, when's the last time you masturbated? And for us, you know, it may have been years, but that doesn't mean we just assume that we're all okay and we stop asking the questions. Uh, James 1 talks about each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. And when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. And again, it's just that progression. It starts with a lust, okay, and it ends with a death, Okay, a wife feels cherished when her husband makes her load lighter, not heavier. Hey, guys, just know your wife's schedule. Uh, if she drives carpool on Wednesday, uh, then periodically call her and just say, hey, honey, I'm going to pick up the kids this Wednesday uh, so you can stay home and do what you need to do. Uh, I used to ask Lucina uh, in the evenings, you know, when I was trying to learn what am I am supposed to do, okay. I, I want to take action. I want to help you. I want to make your load lighter. Uh, and so I'd say, honey, what, what do you want me to do? And, and she got so tired of me asking. One evening, she just looked at me and she said, do you pay any attention? You know, Have you looked around? Do you see the things that need to be done? And you're asking me, is there anything I can do? And, and so I've learned not to ask that question. And uh, one of the things I do when I come home uh, Lucina w- runs the dishwasher during the day, okay? And so one of the first things I do when I get home is I unload the dishwasher. You know, I can do that. I know where the forks and the spoons, I don't know where the, the, the decorative bowls go, but I set those out and let her put those up. Um, <laughs> all right, negative five. Um, uh, she, uh, Lucina recycles everything. I mean, she recycles the newspapers, the cans, you know, the plastic milk jugs, whatever it might be. And so uh, I fought that for a long time. But now, uh, again, that communicates love to her. So I'll go in and I'll, I'll empty the recycling. And I'll actually put it where it's supposed to go instead of putting it out in the trash. And, again, that's a way that I can encourage her. But Just look around. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. Again, making their load lighter. A wife feels cherished when her husband prays with her. I think praying with your wife um, is one of the most powerful ways that you can show and communicate love to her, and that uh, will communicate that you cherish her. Uh, th- this is one of the hardest things I think as men for us to do. Uh, I-, I didn't do this for probably 15 years, uh, and the reason that I didn't, uh, for me, was because every time I did and everything, every time I tried, uh, I felt defeated. I felt discouraged, and I just did not want to go there. And I started to realize that my discouragement and the ways that I felt defeated was really rooted in my pride and just the ways that I wanted to perform uh, for my wife. And uh, again, Christ humbled himself. And the other thing that I learned just through walking through life with friends is praying with your wife does not mean that you have to carve out 45 minutes before you go to bed and say, okay, you know, and kneel down and and go through the list. But praying with your wife is just taking the minute or two minutes just as things come up. And as I begin to understand and learn that, one of the things I would do is uh, I'd get Lucina and and we'd pray and I'd just say, God, just, you know, help me be the husband that you want me to be for my wife. And uh, just... Forgive me for the ways that I fall short. Amen. And, and that would be praying with my wife. And uh, as we started to do that, again, a, a new level of inti- intimacy was kindled for us. And uh, now it's not uncommon for uh, for us to pray together two or three times a day. But, I mean, it's all just as stuff comes up, uh, stuff comes up with our kids, you know, we'll just take a minute and a half and just pray about that or You know, something going on with her physically. You know, yesterday after the doctor's office, we just got to pray. God, continue to give us wisdom. Direct us where you'd have us go for that. Uh, A husband's love should be expressed as he seeks to more fully understand his wife. Again, you husbands likewise live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker vessel since she is a woman and grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life and then the exclamation, so that your prayers may not be hindered. You know, I, I love this verse because it's a way God puts a, an exclamation point on the fact that, guys, if you don't do this, then, by the way, it's going to affect your relationship with me so that your prayers may not be hindered. A wife feels understood when her husband considers her needs, values, and preferences. Again, guys, be a study of your wife. They just notice what she likes, notice what her preferences are. Uh, When she goes to a restaurant, notice what she likes to order, Uh, the kind of movies that she likes to go to, the kind of clothes, you know, the kind of earrings that she likes. Um, One of the ways that I used to discourage Lucina was, you know, two days before her birthday, uh, I'd come in and I'd say, honey, what do you want for your birthday? And she would tell me, and I would go buy it, and I would wrap it up, and I'd give it to her and say, surprise, it's your birthday. And uh she would open it up and say, oh, wow, isn't that great, you know? Um uh, our wives tell us uh, every week, you know, what they want for their birthday. If we'll just listen and notice, oh, I like the, I like those earrings. You know, just being with them. And and I now I have a horrible memory, and so anytime she says anything, I write it down because I know I'm going to forget. And and it's funny because our kids, uh, our kids are in, in high school. They're a sophomore and junior in high school. And now what they will do, they know how much and have seen how much that encourages Lucina. And they will now tell me, hey, Dad, mom and I were shopping and she mentioned this because, you know, they, they couldn't be more for uh, me in the ways that I love her. Or, you know, Audrey the other day called me and said, hey, Dad, mom got her hair cut. So when you come in, notice her hair is cut. <laughs> so, you know, it's great having kids in high school. Uh, guys, no. Know your your wife's body, okay? Their bodies operate differently than our bodies, okay? Every month, they go through a cycle, and it affects their personality, you know, it affects the ways they interact with us, and just know, be sensitive to that, understand it. Uh, Lucina is uh, about a year and a half into menopause, and, you know, I didn't know what menopause was. I I thought... uh, You know, I thought menopause was the woman's version of midlife crisis for a man. You know, I didn't realize just the physical stuff that was going on. And so I got on the Internet and and read about menopause and and learned what hot flashes were, you know, and learned what dryness meant. I kind of knew what it meant, but, uh, you know, I, I educated myself on all that. So, man, know and understand her body. Uh, A wife feels understood when her husband listens without trying to fix her problems. Okay, Uh, if Lucina was here grading me, I would still get a D minus on this one. Uh, This one is really hard for me. Um, A couple of weeks ago, Lucina woke up. We got up early and she walked across the bedroom and she tripped twice. And and she was dragging her leg. And I said, honey, what's wrong? And she said, well, I, I can't move my foot. You know, and my from the knee down, it's numb. And I said, well, did you sleep on it wrong? No. Well, uh, what did you do last night? And, you know, my wife is sitting there upset because she can't move her foot. And I'm, I'm diagnosing the problem. I'm being the doctor. And, you know, again, I caught myself and thought, you know what? She wants me to hold her and hug her and listen and pray for her and just say, honey, I'm so sorry. I mean, gosh, you know, uh, just listen to the way she's communicating. Uh, and so it was a great reminder for me, uh, that night she got home and, uh, she had had some conflict and, uh, that evolved from kind of came out of, of the women's study and some things happened and she had to work through some things. And so she starts telling me this story about this happened and, and I got this email and so I launch in and I said, well, honey, here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to handle conflict when it happens like that and she's sitting there very politely listening to me and then she says can can i tell you how how this all got resolved and again i just launched in just assuming hey it's a problem to fix let me help you and it had all been fixed she was just sharing her heart about what happened that day so just listen uh, understand identify comfort and pray Uh, labor day when we were with her family i was I was tired, which is no excuse, and she said, hey, you're you're being irritable to my family. And when she said that, I immediately started to explain to her why I was not being irritable. Honey, I love your family. What do you mean? And again, it was like, are you listening? So this, this is something I need to be reminded of every day. Uh, one of the ways I thought I could help you guys is just so you could benefit from my 23-plus years of marriage and help you understand just what some words mean that women use. So we're going to walk through uh, just let me find it here. Just some words that women use. All right. First of all, fine. Okay. This is the word that women use to end an argument when they feel they are right. And you need to shut up. Never use fine to describe how a woman looks. This will cause you to have one of those arguments. Okay. Five minutes. This is a half an hour. Okay. Okay. It is equivalent to the five minutes that your football game is going to last before you take out the trash. (laughs) So it's an even deal, even trade. All right, nothing. This means something, and you should be on your toes. Nothing is usually used to describe the feeling a woman has of wanting to turn you inside out, upside down, and backwards. Nothing usually signifies an argument that will last five minutes and end with fine. (sighs) Loud sigh. Okay, this is not actually a word, but it is a nonverbal statement often misunderstood by men. A loud sigh means that she thinks you are an idiot and wonders why she is wasting her time standing here arguing with you over nothing. Okay, thanks. A woman is thanking you. Don't faint, just say, you're welcome. Thanks a lot. Okay, this is different from thanks. <laughs> a, a woman will say thanks a lot when she has ticked off at you, and it signifies that you have offended her in a callous way and will be followed by the loud sigh. Be careful not to ask what is wrong. After the loud sigh, she will only tell you nothing. Okay, so that might help you just in the ways that you listen. All right, the second aspect of our role as a husband is to lead like a servant. Okay, leadership in marriage is based on divine placement, based on divine placement, not superior abilities. Okay, for the husband, husband is head of the wife, just as, as Christ is head of the church. He himself being the Savior of the body, Ephesians 5.23. Again, this is an organizational statement, guys. It's not about rank or superiority. It's about our role and our responsibility. Okay, leadership in marriage is based on Christ's example, not society's. Rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, but it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you, again shall be your servant. Mark ten, forty-two through forty-three. It's not about control. Okay, it's about serving. It's about leading as a servant. And then Philippians two, five through seven. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of man. Again, how did Christ lead? You know, he emptied himself. Took the form of a bondservant. He served. Uh, leadership includes providing for the needs of your family. You know, First Timothy 5, 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Okay, what are the needs of our family? Okay, a husband should sharpen his skills of godly stewardship. You know, guys, when it comes to financial stewardship, I mean, lead out here. It's a great opportunity for you to lead. You know, have a budget. Live within a budget. Have a plan for your family that you sit down with and work through through, with your wife of how you're going to get out of debt and live debt-free. You know, Live below, below your means and then... Make decisions as a family that reflect how you decided that you're going to live. Uh, you guys that uh, that are uh, newly married or married without kids or you guys that are not married yet. I mean, if, if you've got a plan uh, for eventually for your wife being home with your kids, then you better start from day one with that plan. Because if you don't, you get to the point where all of a sudden your wife's pregnant and you're living in a way... Financially, where you've stewarded your resources such that your wife has to continue to work. So, again, plan ahead. A husband should be aware of the needs of his wife and children. Again, they need you in their life. Todd talked about this last week. Uh, You know, one of the greatest counsels that I got when Lucina got pregnant is a... uh, 65-year-old man who I worked with took me aside and just said, look, I want to tell you something and help you uh, with something that I did not do, but I now see and wish that I had done and stress to you the importance of doing that. And that is, uh, set a time every night where where you and your family have dinner together. Okay? But it's not just about, and and make that a non-negotiable. If you are not going to be there, then... uh, work through that with your wife but just assume that's what you're going to do. And it's not just about having dinner with your family every night, but make, you know, use that time purposefully just to find out what's going on with your kids, you know, let that be a family time, invest in them. And you know, decide from a travel standpoint just the time that you're going to have, number of evenings you want to be home and then make decisions that reflect that. Don't let your work and uh, demands of travel dictate how many nights a week that you're going to be home. Again, just being proactive and and taking care of the needs of your family. Uh, Todd mentioned the parenting conference. I mean, it's a great opportunity for you guys uh, to be there. And for me, I'm looking forward to it because we're in a new stage. You know, we're we're parenting our kids out of the nest. And so it's a whole new phase. I've never done that before. And so there's just great value in learning for, from others the wisdom that God has for us in parenting. Leadership involves taking the initiative and in meeting needs. When, uh, when Audrey was two years old, we were up uh, with Lucina's family up in Oklahoma, and we were raking leads in their backyard. And uh, her parents have a swimming pool in the back, and kids were playing in the leads. And all of a sudden, I realized that Audrey was not around. I couldn't see her. And I saw her brother, and and she was not in the leaf pile, and my eyes zeroed in. And I sprinted to that swimming pool, and I looked over, and there's my two-year-old daughter upside down with her head underwater. And I dive in, and I grab her and pull her out, and she's just stunned. Her eyes are this big, and she's in semi-shock. And that image uh, has always stuck with me. Uh, Just dealing with the realities that if I am not proactive in the ways that I engage with my daughter, the ways that I nourish and cherish her, uh, the ways that I interact with her, the ways that I spend time with her, then that is no different than me running over to the swimming pool and seeing her upside down and just leaving her. And so, guys, take every opportunity. Uh, Again, your kids and your wife, man, they need you. Uh, leadership involves providing for your wife's spiritual needs. Uh, we we talked about this. Okay, A husband leads his wife spiritually through selfless service. We talked about just some practical ways you can do that. A husband leads his wife spiritually by modeling godly character. Uh, for me, you know, modeling godly character. Again, this is part of what we do a lot of times in the evening uh, when we're all together for dinner. Just... Being authentic, being transparent, uh, I, I'm in the midst of transitioning uh, within our business for kind of what I'm doing. And you know I've, I've done the same thing pretty much for 20 years, and I'm transitioning to do some other things and, and uh, you know I, I'm feeling real insecure just in some of the, some of the ways that uh, that I'm venturing out and, and it's just been great for Lucina. And me just to process that together and just being honest about uh, how I'm feeling. Uh, it, it's been great, you know, just for our kids to get to be a part of that process. And just being able to to pray for me and know what's going on in my life. Know that they have a dad that is imperfect. You know, they got a dad that's insecure. In the same way, you know, I'm praying for them and some of their insecurities. So, again, a husband leads by just modeling godly character. Uh, One of the other things that I do with that is, you know, we'll talk just about the journey, and just the things that God's teaching us for those of you that are in the midst of reading through the Bible with us and what's going on with there. A husband leads his wife spiritually by regularly praying with her. Okay, we talked about that. Guys, there is, uh, you know, this is overwhelming. I can tell you it continues to be overwhelming to me. And one of the things I do is just try to get some real practical, just see ways that I'm falling short and come up with one or two practical things. And and what I'd encourage for you to do is just as you go through this and go back and and read through it, just look for ways that you can do one or two things and just take new ground uh, in the ways that you uh, love and lead your wives and the roles that God has for us. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you uh, just for the ways that, uh, uh, again, that uh, you give us direction. You show us where life is, that uh, uh, there is fulfillment and joy and excitement in marriage. I I thank you just for the ways that uh, you have rekindled my marriage, just the ways that uh, uh, romance and sexual intercourse for me and Lucina right now is greater than it's ever been, and just the, the results of cherishing and nourishing and just the ways that that spurs me on to love her more. And Father, I just pray that you continue to show us. Uh, I thank you that we don't have to go it alone, that you give us guidance through your word, that you give us guidance through your spirit in the ways that you stir and direct us, and you give us guidance uh, through the body of Christ and just having other men that can sharpen us and we can walk through life with uh, and and just grow us in the ways that we're loving our wives. And uh, just thank you for the gift that they are, And uh, just thank you for your son and the gift that he is. In Christ's name, amen.